This is the Sarah Swain Show, where we talk all things bold and courageous business and have big and free conversations with brave humans. Nothing is off the table here, so get ready to be moved, challenged, empowered, and propelled into action. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sarah Swain Show. I am sitting in a mall right now which is definitely not where i'm normally hanging out we're in medicine hat and i'm so excited thrilled honored to have a very special guest with me here today james top you may have heard of him if not you definitely need to start paying attention to the journey that this man is on uh, as i said we're in medicine hat right now and uh, james is walking from british columbia to ottawa ontario Correction, marching from British Columbia to Ontario. Uh, James, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for um, taking the time to speak to me. Thank you for driving all the way down here. Oh, absolutely. To help me, uh, get the word out. Any excuse to drive through Alberta is good with me. <laughs> Why don't you start by telling everyone um, what are you doing from your point of view? <clears throat> right. So I have to be careful how I phrase this because we are in Alberta and there has been legislation passed recently. So okay, I am marching for unity, uh, reunification of uh, the Canadian um, of Canadian society. As I see it, over the last two years, we've been divided along several different lines, and now there's a gap that exists between us that is so severe. I question whether or not it's um, something that we can bridge at times, but I'm going to try. So. There's that. Um, the, what, what spurred me to begin this quest was um, the fact that I am a federal government worker. I have been placed on leave without pay. So um, I'm also in the process of being released from the armed forces uh, under an item code, what's called item code 5F. So I'll explain that real quickly here. Um, back in 2019, I transitioned from the reg regular army to the reserve force, which basically means I went from full-time to part-time. Okay. As a part-time reservist, I could now pursue a different career uh, as a public servant, and that's what I did. I applied for a job with RCMP uh, as a civilian worker, and I was a facility manager. So all this happened in the last two or three years, and then what happened after um, uh, I was hired in 20, March of 2021, uh, began my my new public service career. It was an excellent job, excellent opportunity for me. I still did part-time army work um, in uh, where I was. Uh, I was living in Hope, working in Chilliwack. Both of the places where I worked were at Chilliwack, British Columbia. Anyway, we had the imposition of, um, of mandates for federal government workers, and um, I, I deliberately dance around this issue just because I have to avoid labels at this particular point in time, and I'm sure you understand what I mean by Absolutely. That, right? So it was, regardless of the procedure in question, it wasn't so much that, it was the it was the overbearing attitude of the government, the federal government, that I had an issue with, because I don't believe that the federal government has the right to dictate to anyone how we should be healthy or what it's going to take to remain healthy. Agreed. Uh, that was my chief um, point of contention. So what happened was I was placed on uh, leave without pay as of November because I refused to, to uh, go along with these mandates from my public service job. And then not long after that, I was um, 
informed by my chain of command in the military that I would be released. Um, what's called an administrative review takes place and there's various uh, procedures that happen and I won't bore you with the details but it's a three-strike system where you're giving a, a, a warning, a second warning, um, what's called counseling and probation and then we have um, uh, a notice of intent to release is given to the individual who has, if they have not changed their behaviors, uh, just, you probably can't see this, but I'm using quotation air quotes mm -hmm. for that. So my behavior in question was uh, failure to comply with Chief of Defense Staff uh, Directive on Vaccination. Um, that and that leading me to this process where I'm now, the file is still under review in Ottawa, so my release is still ongoing. It hasn't been completed yet. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, there's a number of other folks in the same situation. So um, this this March is why I'm, I'm contesting all of that. But in another way, it affected me so profoundly, psychologically speaking, that uh, I was really in a state of despair. I had, <clears throat> I do receive a pension from my, my Red Force service, like 28 years. So I paid my mortgage, but I need to supplement it. Right. And then I didn't have, um, I, I didn't, like, I didn't know what to do. I, I kind of cast around for a job. I got a job as a tow truck driver and in, Ho in Hope, BC, where I live. And then I kind of opened a door that I had never really explored before. Like, I mean, what the Canadian public does. I had always kind of had this sheltered existence in the military and now I'm a federal government employee. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like, you're, there's a lot asked of you and you know, <laughs> you're expected to make the ultimate sacrifice at times, but you're still, you're well looked after, you're sheltered and you know, in a lot of ways you don't experience the same, I don't know how to put it, challenges that mm -hmm. the Canadian, the, the, a, a regular member of the Canadian public faces. So it kind of, I saw what was happening out there to folks. There was division, there was loss of employment, you know, um, and then I realized that, you know, there's like, even for a, like a, a tow truck driver, they're working, the, excuse the language, but they're working their asses off. And yeah. they're, if it hadn't been for, for folks like them, and you, then I wouldn't have had a career in armed forces in the first place, because like, you're the ones that paying for the federal government. So we got to this point where I was um, in uh, a state of despair, doing this job, seeing that aspect of it, and then seeing uh, you know a group of Canadians, namely the truckers, uniting, going to Ottawa, making a protest, demanding that their voices be heard, and that inspired. Mm -hmm. But it also outraged me in a way in their treatment in that there was no uh, attempt at a conversation. Right. Dialogue. And furthermore, they were kind of, they were insulted and vilified. And I just had a huge problem with the way that was all going down. Yeah. And um, I saw what was happening here with regards to the direction that was going with, uh, with sending in the police and stuff like that. And I was very concerned at that time about the military being called in. And that was one of the reasons that compelled me to put my uniform on, go out in public, kind of as a way of saying, hey, listen, you know, just because you're wearing a uniform, it doesn't mean you have to blindly follow orders. It doesn't mean yes. you don't have the right to ask questions and voice your concerns. 
and then it all started from there. And so I did that, and I, I kind of figured, okay, well, I want to go to Ottawa and support these people, but how am I going to get there? Because I can't fly there, number one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was kind of like, there's got to be another way I think I can add to this effort. And then I, I it dawned on me, well, I, 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 here I am in Vancouver. I can, I can go and I can make a statement constructively and peacefully. I've done this all of my adult life by marching, so that's what I did. I have now made the announcement. Um, so this is my form of, you know, I, I, I'll just say, I'm protesting against these mandates. I'm, I'm speaking on the behalf of those, those folks who lost their employment. And I'm speaking on behalf of those folks who got uh, their arms twisted behind their backs yeah. and forced to take a procedure they probably would not have mm -hmm. under normal circumstances because of the way that this was presented. Yes. And um, so there's three there's three parts of this whole thing. Wow. And um, we left on February 20th. We've been marching since, like with the like, so for example, we do take days off. You know, we go four or five days at a time. Today's a day off for us. Uh, we got 1,200 kilometers so far. And um, now I expect to eat up a little bit more land in, in the march forward just because it's nice and flat here. And hope, you know, I, I think we're going to make a little bit better speed. Yeah. Because their goal of all of this is that I have to say that there was like a point in time where I got to be like, okay, um, what the hell am I doing? Right? Mm -hmm. And people were asking me that. I'm like, well, okay, good question. So I got to get to Ottawa with a, there, there's a point where I'm going to, to address the trauma that was inflicted on the veterans community in Ottawa there yes. earlier this year by going to the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and going to uh, the War Memorial. After that, what's in, what's, in, what's in process right now is that this team that has come together to support me on this. Uh, there's nine of us all together on the ground, and then there's probably about 20 people doing stuff for us online, like, you know, setting up interviews like this and stuff yep. like that. But where we, where we came to, the conclusion was that we're going to have to take some kind of action in order to um, get the attention of our members of parliament, and the action is entirely peaceful, and we're using existing methods of communication to re-establish that conversation, re-establish that dialogue, because as far as I'm concerned, members of parliament in this country at the federal level, probably at the provincial too, but they've forgotten who they work for. Absolutely, they have. And um, the letter has gone out. So I've made this letter. I've, okay. The three things I just outlined, this is what, and, and everything that I'm doing is in this letter. And I'm sending them out to all 338 of them. Amazing. And there's something like 90, I think, sitting senators. They're also going to get a letter. And we're saying, here's what we would like. We would like to meet with you. We're flexible on the dates. We're establishing an agenda as we speak. But right now, the agenda is something that is, um, it's a flexible document. So I'm not going to go there with a list of demands. Right. Right. I have this agenda and main, namely the headings are reinstatement, uh, restitution, and a reduction of mandate because this is the strategy here I saw what, what what happens in the military you have something called an after action review so part of the after action review process is you identify in an operation or a mission like what worked and what you need to improve like a debrief yeah yep 
but it's a little bit it's a little it's slightly different but not you can you're now going to take those pieces with establish you know a presence in ottawa again that worked because mm -hmm. attention was gathered um or focused on ottawa absolutely at that time. was yeah and now we're going to slightly improve the dialogue process through this kind of okay i'm sending a letter by in email and written signed by myself so there's two ways that we're communicating with members of parliament Good. and i'm encouraging other folks who want to support us so they send their own letters but more importantly it's got to be something tangible because emails are easy to ignore a written letter is going to be a lot harder to ignore especially when they have like in a member of parliament's office if they got uh you know a couple thousand envelopes now sitting there that says something visibly right? it, it yeah. shows something right and um so to address the the response so far i will say even though it took us from the start of this and i will say that this this organization i haven't even really figured out what kind of marches is but it's we're just coming out of our infancy stage so mm -hmm. we thought about it we developed the response we've sent out the letters the emails went out you know probably earlier this week we have gotten a couple of responses so far a couple of tentatives and the names escape me at the present so um, but i know that mr motts here in medicine hat is okay. a representative at uh, the federal level and he has you know like through his secretary of course made a tentative uh agreement should he be in ottawa and not otherwise occupied but i expected that level of response right initially right because i don't think the folks really know and when i say these these the folks in, in the member uh, uh members of parliament house of commons they don't know who i am or what i'm about and they won't start taking us seriously until like maybe now we're just coming up on the radar and maybe they might be going okay who is this guy what's he all about and then you know we'll see what they feel at a thousand you know 1500 2000 3000 kilometers and um when we hit the border of ontario where i'm supposed to be expecting a fairly robust welcome by a veteran community there we'll see perfect thanks for uh elaborating on all that because that's the number one question i've been getting from my community is what is your intention uh, other than to raise awareness for, I think, collectively what so many of us are fighting for in our own ways and um, what many of us have been impacted by uh, in a number of different ways. I love the fact that you're going the angle of uh, mail-in letters. So I think that's a huge takeaway for all the listeners. Because uh, I know that a lot of my listeners are professionals now at emailing MPs. Uh, and some people have some luck and get some traction. Others don't. But you're right. Uh, I think we can get behind you and support you in um, sending physical letters because you're right, it just, it speaks differently uh, and it's harder to ignore because that's how a lot of people are feeling right now is that um, basically anyone that's on this side of the fight, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, is feeling uh, very ignored, uh, silenced, kind of pushed aside. Yep, and it's it's getting frustrating for a lot of people. and. You know, when the uh, truckers made their way to Ottawa, that was the first time I had any sense of hope uh, restored yeah. in me. With me as well. Yeah, and uh, it made me feel 
safer again to be a Canadian, knowing that there were so many of us, because I think so many of us felt very alone for a very long time, thinking, are we the only people experiencing this? Are we the only people seeing this? Am I the crazy one? Am mm -hmm. I the one that's being unnecessarily difficult? And what that convoy did was spark so many different people yes. to uh, kind of carry on, pass the torch, so to speak, to other Canadians uh, choosing to engage in this in their own way. What was the moment that you said to yourself, I'm going to walk across Canada? And then when you shared that with other people, was it easy for you to get their buy-in or did you have to do some selling there? No, um, this was something that occurred to me, I think, over um, maybe a week or two. I was doing the, I was doing the tow truck business thing and um, fairly new at it. So it was a bit of a learning curve. And um, it had just, I, I don't know, it had occurred to me that, you know, this has been done in the past. Other folks have, you know, it's something they believe in, have taken this kind of action. And... Um, you know, that's like, I'm not going to compare myself to Terry Fox because that's not what I'm here to do. If Terry Fox is yeah. orders of magnitude uh, greater than I am. But I mean, the thing is, he, uh, he did what he did for his, what he believed in. And that was something what I believe in is that we need, we need freedom of choice. We need to get like, we need to overcome this kind of divide that's been created. And, um, and I, was, I, I, I guess that was kind of an inspiration in that I do live in hope and the, and the proximity of that starting point kind of jumped out at me along with the, with the war memorial in Ottawa and the the Unknown Soldier. And I just kind of put these things all kind of fell into place. A lot of it was very instinctual and in nature at the beginning. And then what happened was that I, I spoke to a good friend of mine, an old buddy of mine, and um, we, he was in, we were in the army together for a number of years and I called him up and I'm like, well, what do you think? Like, I mean, this is the first person I had spoken to about it and it felt so insane at the time. I bet. <laughs> and he's like, but the thing is, we're, I'm, I'm fit, right? And I've maintained my fitness over the course of my adult life. So he's like, well, I go, what do you think? He's like, yeah, you should do it. He didn't even hesitate. He didn't even hesitate. I'm like, all right. Mm -hmm. And then once that happened, I went, um, I formulated the plan and I calculated how long it would take me. And I've lived out of my, like initially this was going to be a one man show. And then um, I figured, okay, well, all this stuff was happening in Ottawa around the same time. I saw the Emergency Measures Act going into place. I saw the heavy handedness of the government being mm -hmm. put into place. And I was like, I got to do something sooner than later. February the 12th, I went out. Made my made my announcement, and I decided I'm going to leave on February the 20th. And then, um, when I when I made that announcement, and I informed my family, like there was, you know, my older sisters were pretty. Like I don't have family of my own, so this is something I'm kind of like uniquely in a good position to do. Mm -hmm. But like I had, you know, my sisters were concerned, and to say the least. But I think they understood where I was coming from mm -hmm. because just you know. It's, yeah, so I mean, and then to, to sell anything, I didn't have to sell anything to anybody. Like, I mean, as soon as that, the way, like, I'm not a religious person, but there's a lot of things that came together in all of this that are pretty remarkable. And I got the Sumas, 
got out of the car in my uniform and walked down to where I could find a reporter. And then the individual I met was a fellow named Nem Nakik, and he has a, web, a YouTube channel. And he's a, he's a videographer, like in his part time. And he's the one that made that kind of vi that wow. video that captured all of his attention. And then like a day after I met Jeremy, um, one of the fellows I got in contact with through my family who's on Facebook, they're like all of a sudden all these people are contacting people on my in my family who are on Facebook because I, I wasn't on Facebook at the time. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we want to help you. And then I met like all kinds of folks online who are, you know, we got to get, we got to set you up with a website. We got to get Facebook. We got to get all this stuff done. And it was just like. It's like build it and they'll come, right? Yeah. 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 And so obviously there was a need for this kind of thing. And mm -hmm. then um, and it's like. I had initially been planning on just, you know, marching along and sleeping on the side of the road in the sleeping bag, but then it came out like, met met a, met a, a fellow named Derek, who's the brother of the guy who let us sleep in his gym, who's letting us use his RV as our support vehicle. And if we hadn't had that, like the, the trip through the mountains, probably, we'd probably still be in the mountains. Wow. You know, like, so. Everything's coming together then. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. How do you stay focused in your mind so you're covering some days 40 kilometers mm -hmm. do you ever have those days yet anyway that you've questioned what the heck you got yourself into how do you how do you stay yeah, focused absolutely yeah yeah almost well every second morning actually i get up and wow. i'm like what the hell am i doing here but so i got was out marching and uh i just left coaldale and um it was one of those days, it was kind of a gray day, windy, and I'm like, nah, I don't know, is this gonna make a difference? Am I doing anything, you know what I mean? And then uh, this guy comes walking towards me, and um, his name's Brent. He's in one PPCLI, he's working in Coaldale now. And when I say PPCLI, for those of you not familiar, it's an infantry battalion in the uh, Canadian Army, regular regular army, and uh, the 1st Battalion. They were overseas in 2006. Um, he got uh, one of his, he got pretty badly injured by a machine gun. And uh, at that point, lost a leg. And uh, I didn't know who he was. And like, I mean, he got up to me and he introduced himself and he's like, This is really important what you're doing so <laughs> now it's not even you know a question of not doing it you know what i mean it was like so stuff like that happens uh, you know i mean even even out in the middle of uh on these rural roads here on highway three between a couple of the small towns uh, folks pull up and jump out and they're really excited and they're really, they keep saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. And, uh, you know, so I've, stuff like that happens pretty much fairly consistently every day. So you have to have almost a sense of trust that even when there's nobody around, you have literally millions of people in Canada behind you, even if they don't know about you yet. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think that the the convoy really helped us realize that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. If, uh, like, whoever, any truckers that are out there listening, then you have to know that if it hadn't been for all y'all what you did, then I probably 
I don't know. I don't know if I would have had the inspiration to do this, right? Well, that's, I think, the something similar that a lot of us are going through, even with me uh, doing what I'm doing now, uh, was definitely spurred on by kind of the spin-off of what happened in Ottawa. And the last thing I want is for people to think that that convoy was a failure just because it no, got dismantled. No, I think it was the spark that we all needed in order to... Uh, kick us back into what's important to us, what's important to us as Canadians, our values, um, and take a stand for what we feel needs to be protected here. That is no doubt at risk right now. And I think anyone that denies uh, that we are facing very concerning times right now in Canada mm -hmm. um, simply isn't paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, I, Even I the division exactly. between people. I do have some questions from the community, um, so I'll ask you a few at random here. There was tons that came in. I won't go through all of them. Um, someone asks, how can the average citizen help? So between now and Ottawa, what can the average person do to support you? Okay, well, like I said, they can go on canadamarches.ca. I have a copy of the letter that I wrote to all the members of parliament. So they can either use that as a template or you know, just read it for their own inspiration keep it short and sweet so they can get that letter out and it has to be something that they have to be prepared to print it, sign it and mail it. Okay, print it, sign it, mail it. Yeah, because this is the way I think we're gonna get their attention. And furthermore, um, I think it's self-education because I think there was a point in time where throughout all of everything that's been happening over the last two years, somebody somewhere went, okay, some, there's a lot of this that doesn't make sense and I need to ask questions. And they either came to that realization because they self-educated or yep. they, you know, they just, they just went outside of what they're being offered and did, they, they thought for themselves and they went and they just keep doing that because there's times and I'm no different. Like, I didn't know how many members of parliament there were like a month ago. Mm -hmm. And now I know there's 338. Yeah. So if we don't, if we don't understand like the basic mechanics of how this democracy works, because it works, we just gotta, we just gotta scrape off some of the barnacles and then. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that a lot um, from people in my community about, is there a point in bothering with politicians? And I agree with you that we have a democracy and while we still have a democracy, we have to understand how it works because unless we're going to operate from the inside, um, we can't expect anything to change when the people that have the power to change us are in fact our politicians. So understanding, like you said, the basic mechanics of our government, our democracy, um, even though it may not be the most exciting thing to explore on the internet, uh, I would say safely that people now more than ever are getting involved with politics. It's um, vitally important. It's vital. Yeah, it's critical. That, that I think this is part of, you know, I don't know whether it happened, or I don't know whether it was engineered or, or just or not, okay, but the, the disenfranchisement of the voting public is the reason why we are at where we're at. Because 100%. folks have just been like, nothing I do matters, throwing up their hands, and then they've given up. Yep. But they don't need to. It, it's the general feeling out there is that the government has been running on autopilot. 
uh, largely yeah. due to citizens not getting involved or making attempts at getting involved and that exact yeah. experience occurs where maybe they get ignored, they get brushed off, uh, they get denied attention by their own local MPs or MLAs and they say, well, what the heck is the point? And then they disengage. Exactly. And it may seem like that's the easier thing to do, but it's actually the dangerous option. Because if we all do that, if we all take our hands off and just say, oh, I just trust that the government's going to do what's best for Canada, uh, we're in a predicament. They, they absolutely need the guidance of the Canadian public. I mean, this is what, this is what it was founded on. So. Absolutely. Uh, another question is, uh, what's the most beautiful thing you've witnessed so far since you left on day one? Well, every day has been amazing. I mean, I can't, you know. I, I'll, tell, I'll say one thing, it was like, um, the, the, having, having uh, one of our fellow vets come meet me on the, on the highway, that was pretty important. Mm -hmm. Well, any, any, there's been a number of them, but uh, Brent in particular, you know, really, really firmed, firmed up my resolve in this. And then there was also, um, I think uh, there was, we were, we were coming through a small town in British Columbia. And we were coming in down this hill. I'm just trying to remember the name of the town, but there was like a, a lady there and a couple of kids and the kid had a, a drawing for me and it was like I never I don't have my own kids so I've never had a drawing like that that's Very really cool. special does stuff like that help when people meet you on the side of the road like mentally emotionally um to make sure that you feel that it's worth continuing oh, your yeah, trip across absolutely. absolutely my only concern is that you know they got to be careful especially you know you know we're going on highway one and stuff just you know be careful on the, on the highway and do, do people walk with you sometimes or march with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had, you know, there was there was a number of, of folks who were like expressed interest in coming along for like a longer duration. But at the point we're at now, we might have 10 starting tomorrow. Oh, wow. But um, that individual has their own vehicle. And that's, that's the thing. Like we need to have a conversation because it's important that there's a lot of folks I meet in there like I really I'm, I really love what you're doing and you know what are you doing <laughs> so they need to know why and what I'm doing this isn't a stroll right like we're we're marching and I think some folks are taken off guard by that because they think you know we're gonna have a big conversation and it doesn't turn out like that yeah I meet people and you know I have time for conversations at various points in the day but during you're on the a day, mission the business is marching so. yeah Folks do join in for a couple hours or half a day or sometimes a day. There, are, there was one. There was one gentleman. He lived in Coaldale. His name is Patrick. He joined us like, like because he was in the area. He would get his wife to drive us out, and then he would march with us for a while, and then and, you know he would get 20 kilometers in and good on him because he's in the 70s. So wow. Entire truck driver. You know. Oh wow, that's fantastic. So okay. they do jump. They do jump in for a couple hours, but then like I said, if uh, the folks are like ardently thinking. This is something I got to take part in. Then we need to, you know, you need to contact me through the website and we'll okay. have a conversation. So that's the best way to do it. Contact you first, then show up instead of just showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so when you say marching, does that mean that you are going full speed ahead and yeah. people are shocked by the rate of speed that you're moving Absolutely. at? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so something to take note of if you're listening. 
Yeah, because yeah. there's days like when we do double time, right? Like, I mean, wow. for example, tomorrow I want to get 50Ks in. Like, I want to be in Saskatchewan tomorrow. So how long will that take, 50K on foot? I'm thinking tomorrow will be a long day. It might be over 10 hours. Like, wow. it's been 10 hours on average, but tomorrow might be over 10 because, you know, I got to, uh, I, want to I want to make up some, um, some kilometers here. Wow. Okay. So 50 kilometers in a day. What types of things are you doing to take care of your body? Well, we get rest days. Yeah. And then we do like, you know, for like, this, this is something I, even though in, initially um, there were, my ankle was protesting a little bit because, you know, it had gone so far, so fast, so hard. And I had not done that for a couple of years, but, um, you know, we take breaks. So it's not like, you know, we're going flat out for 10 hours. It's like 45, take a 15 minute break. Okay. 45, take a 15 minute break. And then you know, take about a half hour break at lunch because that's called March discipline. Okay. And that's how, that's how we're doing it. Do you have uh, support like massage therapy, physiotherapy, anything like that along the way? Yeah, all, all folks who have like volunteered, they're like, hey, I'm a massage therapist. You know, okay. You want, uh, you want a massage? And I had never actually had a massage before this, so. Kind of an interesting Take all you can get between now and Ontario then. When you get to Ontario uh, and you feel as though your mission has been completed, uh, do you, are you walking home or are you jumping in an RV well, and coming I back? I haven't got that far ahead yet. Worrying so. about that when the time comes yeah, then? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, last question I'll ask you. If people want to know where you are, is there a way that people can track your march right now? Yeah, on CanadaMarches.ca, there's a, a GPS live link. So that was one of the things like, you know, just to touch on how folks have supported us so far, like, you know, accommodations, um, folks have brought us food. Uh, these a couple of fellas were kind of knowledgeable in the, you know, technical aspects of like, you know, so they brought us a, uh, they donated us a spot tracker, which is, uh, if you've never heard of it, it's kind of like an emergency beacon. Okay. But it always updates your location in real time. So um, it works off a satellite. Uh, at, uh, the link, they showed us how to put the link on the website. So you just click the GPS live link and then it shows you exactly where we are. And then typically we're marching from eight till about six. Okay. And do you have a planned route um, between here and Ottawa, or are you just kind of taking it week by week, day by day? Well, some days we're gonna we'll, we'll play it by ear, but basically we're stay, we're on highway, we're on the Trans Canada now, right into Ottawa. Right. So one, there might be some some detours as we go around cities if there's you know a requirement too, but the plan is to go straight through. Okay. Because this is the point of it, right? Like uh, yeah. we're looking for that let other people know that we're out there and uh, that we're, we're doing this. It's not, you know, we're not, I could have taken like a shorter, easier kind of back roads route, but that's, that's not the point of it. Right? Given the media landscape that we're in, um, knowing that this probably kind of wouldn't gain traction with the corporate news, then it's kind of hard to ignore, you know, people driving back and forth on highway from the Trans Canada is like, okay, what are these folks doing out here? Yep, at least gets people asking questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you also, are you looking for support in media outlets, um, yeah. influencers on Instagram, Absolutely. social media? So anyone listening to uh, potentially do an interview like this with you, what's the best way to reach out? 
Yeah, we go. We got. You can contact us through like all all those Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We got folks online monitoring those and answering questions and responding to those kind of requests. There's also the uh, there's a link on the CanadaMarches.ca um, website, and um, so there's that. And th I think that just to address that, like it's folks like yourself and folks that are doing these kind of this independent journalism investigations like this is what's going to like you know get us back on track I think. because obviously you know corporate media is they're there to sell a product they're mm -hmm. not really there to inform anyone. sell a product and protect a, a narrative that they would prefer that we yeah yeah believe right yeah. um is there anything else you want to share with the listeners anything else you think they should know no, I don't think so. I think we got all the bases covered. All I would say to anybody who's listening is that this is where we're at right now is, you know, there might be, it might seem like, okay, well, they're dropping masks here and there and they're eliminating their passport here and there, but it's not, it's not over by any stretch no. of imagination. This is, might be just playing out some leash for us. And we got to make a stand as a, as a, as a country. And this is not about, you know, um, nationalism so to speak it's about it's about coming together as Canadians under what you know the same spirit that built this country in the first place absolutely I mean, we we respect each other regardless of where we came from and who we are and what we do that's what's all about well said uh, one last question for you for the person who may be listening right now who thinks that they're just one person and that one person alone can't make a difference and that person may then therefore not be taking any action what message would you give to that person um i would just say i thought the same way and here i am <laughs> here we are in the medicine hat mall <laughs> yeah well and I, and I did kind of march here so yeah i mean i get it but there's ways that you can make that difference and the way that you do that is through writing those letters but you know what it's going to take you recognizing that sometimes you know I, I i could have just said no i don't want no help i just want to do this on my own and i would have just been some some stranger walking down watching down the side of the highway and folks would have just thought okay i don't know who he is or what he's about but and I, I'm not saying it's from a place of conceit, but I accepted the fact that just by myself, I'm not going to make that much of a difference. So, you know, I got to work together with others. And that's what we're doing. And so they got to recognize that if they can work together with other people, that's the first step. Yeah. And receive help too. Yeah. Because so many people right now, I think we're, we're primed to be in a position to want to help and want to do something. So even if an individual may not have their own initiative, find ways to support other people who are doing things um, like you or even uh, other people doing smaller events locally. I think it's important that we all remember that everything counts right now, even when it feels like it doesn't, even when it feels like the world has kind of moved on and people are buying into, I would call it the, the falsehood of getting back to normal. Um, as opposed to recognizing that there's still so much work for us to do, not only to uh, reverse and repair so much of the damage that has been done, mm -hmm. but work to make sure that things like this don't happen to Canadians again. So thank you so much for this interview. Well, uh, thank you. Like I said, thank you for driving all the way down here. And uh, 
I just um, I apologize for the venue, but I really wasn't. I didn't want to impose on the folks that are. Oh no! This is great. Up, so this is great. Um, I I just grabbed the microphone and wherever we ended up, that's where we were going to do this interview. Yeah, and and like I will I would can hope we could stay in touch in the future because this is how we've done it in the past. Yeah. Is had like um, I'll slow down and do a do a, like a walking interview and then you know um, that's been working out really well because one of the fellas that came you know. This is a remarkable part of that. Part of this is the the, the, the the folks I have with me on the ground now. We're kind of like a little family, and everybody has identified little things that they're good at. So one of the guys, Christian, he's really good at setting up this kind of thing and doing um, live streaming and stuff like that. Right? Was he the one that was holding yeah. the phone when you were doing an Instagram yeah. live with someone on the side of the highway? Yeah. That was amazing. Who was it? Was that Christian yeah. Nagel that you were talking to when you were marching? Well, Christian was holding the, he's got a gimbal that does, stabilizes the phone or something. And, yeah. um, uh, I can't remember. We've, we've done a couple of them like that. I just did one with Christy, Christine Nagel. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, yeah, that, that worked out really well. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you so much, James. On yeah, behalf of you. everyone that is in my space, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for what you're doing. We're all behind you. Uh, and now leave it with us to make sure that your message gets out to as many people as that it can. That would be great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you need support to grow or start your business online, be sure to connect with me at www.businesswithsarah.com forward slash connect or send us an email at team at businesswithsarah.com. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform to help me reach more listeners. Until our next chat, be courageous and take some action.